Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yes! What's good, Kansas City? Still popping cans in the studio. Oh, we champions. We get the opportunity to say championship version of players only this week, Joe Mays popping cans. Of course, can't nobody tell me nothing for the rest of the week. That's, that's <laughs> just all. for this week. Yeah, just for this week. This week only. That's that's all I kept hearing the guys say. So I figured I might as well go ahead and join the show. And I am right. Danon Hughes, Joe Mays, former NFL player, eight years in the NFL, a stint with the Kansas City Chiefs. Myself, a wide receiver for six years here with the Chiefs, and we are beyond elated over the happenings of this last week and Super Bowl weekend down in Miami. What an amazing, amazing feat. What an amazing game. Everything about the experience, we'll talk about it in the fourth quarter of the show, was incredible. But, Joe, I mean, we've had a parade here in Kansas City. Yeah. And you were down there firsthand. You at at the Leia Center. Yep. your, uh, Your business down there. And had a watch party, you said? Yeah, man. We located right on right on 6th and Walnut, right on the corner. So um, the parade started on Grand, like around like like 4th or 5th Street and Grand. So we were right there at the beginning. You know, just we were able to see it firsthand, see everybody come through, then see Coach Reed come through, you know, see all the players coming through, see see Kelsey come through with the, uh, the WWE Championship yeah. belt. <laughs> yeah, man, to see, the, see Mahomes, see the guys out there running around, man, it was super cool. So, uh, it, it was great to be a part of. And to see all of the fans come out and just to come out, sit in the cold, and watch these guys run past and, and salute them for what they were able to do for the entire season, man, it was amazing. Uh, yeah, the, the ride and the experience was amazing indeed. The game yeah. itself uh, and before we get into the game and the details, we don't have a game to talk about for next week. Nope. Just for everyone out there that have been loyal listeners, uh, callers that have called in, we really appreciate you. This is the last show of this season yeah. on 610 Sports. Players Only has been with you just about every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. all season long. And we appreciate the support from everyone. And Absolutely. Um, uh, this is a great, great moment, but the text line is open, 69306. The phone line is also open at 913-576-7610. Please call in. We're going to have a guest uh, at 615, Ken Kramer, a former player with the Chiefs and uh, part of a super agency back in the day that represented a lot of the superstars in the NFL. We're going to chat with him about his experience down in Miami. He sat right next to me. Mm. Uh, for most of the game, so I wanted to hear from him and what he experienced. But we're going to tackle a lot, and we'd love to hear from the listeners uh, on their experience, whether it was the parade, a Super Bowl party that mm-hmm. you were at. Some people opted to sit by themselves at home and watch the Super Bowl because it was too intense. 
They wanted to see and hear everything. So we just want to hear what everybody's experience, which was different, uh, what it was about. Uh, but, yeah, the Super Bowl recap, it was real. The game itself mm-hmm. was yeah, incredible. Man. I was. wasn't nervous no. during the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just felt like it was normal where we were. takes a little while for us to get going to figure out the way we want to attack. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just a special experience. Absolutely. Um, first off, I want to thank my wife for allowing me to watch that game because that day, that was our anniversary day. That was our 13th ah, year anniversary. Congratulations. Happy thank anniversary. You. Thank you. And I appreciate her allowing me to watch that game on our day because normally, you know. Props she, to the wifey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, normally I'm spending all my time with her, but she allowed me to watch the game. But that game was just, man, it was it was amazing. It sent you through every single emotion possible as a fan. But, you know, like you just said earlier, you know, with us being players, we were never – it was never in doubt. Yeah. It wasn't scared, wasn't nervous because, you know, we've been in that situation. When you're in a situation where a game comes down to the line, you're not thinking about losing. You're thinking about doing every single thing possible in order to get the win. So, you know, we wasn't – I wasn't nervous either. You know, I, yeah. I was – I already knew – I already knew what was going to happen, especially with this team. They've been able to show time and time again you can be down 10 and come back and beat a, beat a, beat a team by double digits. Yeah. And this situation was was no different. It didn't matter whether it was a Super Bowl or not. I believed in this team that they were that they were going to get it done at the end of the at the end of the day, and they were able to do that. Just that, and now they're champions, man. Yeah, and it's to, amazing. To, and to watch how everything unfolded, and and I know with all the great shows here with Fesco and Carrington and everyone's show on this air, and all the twenty four hour sports networks. It, you know, we've heard about this game since Monday. It's yeah. now Thursday. Yep. So everything about the actual game on the field has been talked about. Um, there were some plays. The second interception, I got a, I got in during game, live time arguments with people, uh, a couple of people that were actually sports figures in Kansas City and, and uh, not sports figures but uh, in the media that argued with me about the second interception by uh, Patrick Mahomes. I said that was totally not on Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, I'm a I'm an ex-wide receiver, so right. if I want to blame the quarterback, I, I would probably lean to protect the wide receiver. Right. And in that case, the uh, the ball was thrown on the back hip of Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. a ball he catches every single day, probably has caught every single day yep. throughout since high school. It's a ball that you practice catching uh, as a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Especially when you run slant routes, because if you lead the lead the receiver too much, he can get decapitated, or at least back in the day he could. Right. So you learn back shoulder, back hip throws. Um, you learn second base throws, mm-hmm. uh, where they throw where you have to slide and get down and get the ball because that's the best angle from the quarterback to you without a linebacker or a safety coming into play. Right. Uh, I couldn't believe the people, and I know these people, and I get. I will say this. Social media-wise, I'm active. I know you're not really too active, but I'm very active. I'm more active with people I know yeah. because I think they should know better because I know them. Yeah. Maybe they don't, but I think so. Mm-hmm. Whether it's sports, politics, racism, whatever, yeah. I think they should know better. Yeah. So I, don't, I give them the benefit of the doubt, but then I'm ready to jump on them if they abuse that. Right. You know? <laughs> so there's people I was talking to, I was like, you know, that's that's a perfect throw. I mean, if he leads him, that's an interception, possibly a pick six. We're talking about the the pick to the linebacker, right? Yeah, with that no, yeah. the one that got tipped up. No, oh. the one that got tipped. Okay, the one's All a right. linebacker. Totally Patrick Mahomes' oh, fault. Okay, yeah, yeah, gotcha. totally his gotcha. fault. Tried to look him off. Tried to bait him, and he didn't. He didn't bite. Yeah, but the but the back hip throw to Tyreek Hill. Um, if you watch the film, 
If you watch the replay, mm -hmm. granted, you are watching it at slow motion. The game is not played at slow motion. Right. Quarterback throws to the back hip on a slant when there's a guy in the window. Mm -hmm. And he and Tyreek Hill didn't catch the ball. So, yeah, I mean, because I, I say all that because there was an argument, not an argument, but people wondering whether Patrick Mahomes should have gotten the MVP. We'll talk about that yeah. uh, later as well as far as guys that played on the field and, you know, who deserved it. But um, that was one play that stuck out that started an argument with me while I'm watching the game in the stands in Ma Miami, and I'm tweeting back to guys like, come on, man, don't be that guy. Don't be that knee-jerk guy talking about Patrick Mahomes is, is you know, you know, w wasting this opportunity. Yeah. That he's, he's peeing down his leg or whatever. It's too big for him. Don't be that knee-jerk guy. Yeah. And uh, way too often, everybody wants to have the scoop. Everybody wants to have that hot take. Yeah. And just be real. I mean, you know, if you don't know, don't assume. And, yeah. you know, those type of things kind of get under my skin. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's easy for them to go and say that because at the end of the day, win, lose, or draw, it's always the head coach and the quarterback that takes the blame for a team losing. Yeah. They either get too it, much yeah. credit or they get too much yeah. blame. So, you know, if, 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 you know, the Chiefs weren't to win, well, if the Chiefs didn't win the game at all, Mahomes would have definitely took the credit for it. You know, for he he was the reason why they win the one. Yeah. You know, especially when you throw a pick, because it doesn't matter whether it's his fault. It doesn't matter whether whether it's the receiver's fault. I mean, at the end of the day, you make a mistake, especially in a big time game. You you need to take ownership of that, and that's what he would have done. Yeah. So that's why people out there are saying that okay, well, it's his fault. That's because he can take that blame on his shoulders, and it won't affect him. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it's not it's not like they're sit there trying to trying to degrade him or say anything bad at him, you know, bad to him in any way. It's just that you know they know that he would say that himself because. You know, that's well, just the, the expectations type of as a player, yeah. you know, we always have higher expectations for ourselves than most of the fans. Mm -hmm. But we also are real. Right. And, and you know, you, I got the text line from the 913. Can you please tell the national pundits that Pat wasn't rattled? No. That has been the most annoying take everyone has been trying to push. <laughs> Those are people that don't watch football. Right. That don't understand the ins and outs. You guys have heard us talk about it, and we got to go to break soon after this first quarter. But you've heard us talk about it. We see the game in a different lens. Yes. Not any better, not any more special. We're not trying to downgrade people, you know, the general fan, kids, you know, national TV people on how they watch the game. Mm -hmm. But we see it different. And you have – people have a tendency to see it in what the slow motion and the replays show when we've lived it in full speed, 100 miles an hour right. on the field. So we see – those different nuances, sometimes they should just trust us. Not saying that we have all the right answers. Yeah. Not saying that we couldn't be biased every once in a while. But they should just trust us. Yeah. No I doubt. Mean, we, right? we should understand the mindset of a, of an NFL because player. Because right? we told y'all also that they were going to the Super Bowl. Exactly. So if you didn't trust us then, then you should trust us now and be apologizing for then. <laughs> I'm, on something, yeah, I'm know, on something tonight. I'm on something tonight. I hear it. All right. Well, that's the end of the first quarter. We got a special guest and. Ken Fuzzy Kramer coming up. We're going to have him talk about his experience. He's been around uh, Kansas City, has been around this Chiefs organization since the 70s. And uh, if I know Fuzz, I can tell you that the game meant a lot more than what the score was about. And I want to hear his story when we come up next. That music sounds a little bit better this week. It does. I got a this got a championship vibe to it, a I, championship beat to it, a Miami vibe to it. Yeah. 
I can uh, dig it. I can dig it. Everything seems better. It does. You got your toe heat. You drinking? I do. Tastes a little bit better this week. Absolutely. The microphone sounds better. Super clear. The texts are cooler. The people are definitely reaching out tonight. Yeah, we love it, man. From the 816, watch Mike'd Up and you hear, you'll hear how focused he was. Yep. That's talking about Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he wasn't, you know, shook up no, or anything like that. Not at all. That's a, another knee-jerk reaction to a lot of people. Yeah, we got another text right here from the 913. says, so glad you guys are on tonight. You make my daughter's basketball practice much more bearable. So, <laughs> hey, look, we thank you for tuning in so uh, and allowing us to make your, your daughter's basketball practice much more bearable. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. We got from the absolutely. 660. Watch out now. He's dangerous tonight. Dangerous Dana Gave news. me a mic, told me it was the last show, and it was after the Super Bowl. Not sure what Steven Spector expected tonight. I don't know. But it could be something that goes viral. i tell you one thing. It could be our last show tonight. If, <laughs> ever. If, 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 if he's ever do what he's talking about doing, I don't know what he's talking about doing. Because We're I'm, going streaking. I'm, just sitting, I'm sitting here watching him. I'm looking at him. I'm just trying to see how he how he plays Man. it out tonight. But if he do anything wrong, it'll be his. He'd be the reason. It, see, there you go. Already throwing back. me on the bus. I'm pointing a finger. Yeah, already pointing. Like I said, you can't tell me anything all week. <laughs> so I got. I got just got to say it like it is. Hey, well, uh, talking about pointing a finger, <laughs> we got a guest on the line, a special guest, a guy that's been around Kansas City since 1979, straight out of Ball State, defensive lineman, uh, was a part of a. Super agency that represented a lot of the superstars uh, that played this game. Ken Fuzzy Kramer. What's going on, hey man? How you guys doing? You guys sound like you're fired up for tonight's program. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> We're having a good time, Fuzz. Man. I'll tell you, you, you mentioned you're probably having a good time, Dana, but not as much fun as you and I had in Miami, sitting right across the aisle from each other, watching the Chiefs beat the San Francisco 49ers. You're exactly right, and you were one of the first names that come to my mind about connecting with because, you know, Joe and I always talk about seeing the game through a different lens. And, you know, there's festivities going on. The Rock is doing the introductions. Yeah. Demi Lovato is singing the national anthem. You get to the home of the Chiefs, and it sounds like Arrowhead. And there's people cheering around and screaming and yelling and festive. But I didn't look over at you. I don't know if you looked at me, but I kind of feel like that was a we were in a different zone than just the normal cheering and and uh, you know those kind of festivities. Am I wrong, uh, Damon? I, I was thinking on the way over here. One of the most remarkable thing was to be so far from Kansas City, but listening to the national anthem and hearing the Chiefs as loud as it did, it felt like a home game, and I and I have to feel that uh, the people, the 49er people were either offended or terrified. <laughs> there could be so many people from Kansas City in Miami for that game. Yeah, man. I actually got a chance. I came back home. I had DVR'd the game. I watched the, the recap on the NFL Network, and you could clearly, clearly hear home of the Chiefs over Demi Lovato like it was Arrowhead. And I don't, I don't know if I've ever watched a home game uh in its entirety uh, from the national anthem to see if you can hear it on TV mm -hmm. when you're doing it, when they're doing it at Arrowhead. Uh, but 
at the Super Bowl, it was clear as day, Fuzz. It was it was amazing, and and again, it, it was uh, unexpected by me. Although I yelled Chiefs just like everyone else around us did, Danny, but I didn't think that it would be quite that raucous. And and I could see that you know, kind of the, some of the Forty Nine er people were thinking, where the hell did that come from? You know? <laughs> Yeah. So, so what was your thoughts of the enti- of the game in its entirety? Like, do, do you do you feel like you went through every single emotion? Were you just excited the whole game? Was there ever a point you know, in time where you were nervous or anxious, anything like that? I was asked by a couple of people. You know, when were you? Uh, did you feel you know when we were when we were down twenty four nothing versus the Titans? Were you feeling worse then than uh, being down ten with eight minutes to go? And I said I was worse at ten. 10 points down, 8 minutes to go until we kind of kicked it in gear, and it's the most amazing thing. Uh, you know, it's hard to score in, in the NFL sometimes, and to think that we would score 21 points in the final 8 million, uh, minutes is, is unbelievable. And to think that we could completely shut the tap off on them uh, yeah. is unbelievable, yes. too, because they were scoring pretty good early on. And uh, So I, I was stunned. Uh, I was I was like in a daze. I don't know if you were that way, Danny. You kind of looked like you were shocked too. <laughs> but yeah. when we started, when we turned it on, it was uh, it was a beautiful thing. Hey Fuzz, now you you got the experience from the airplane ride down. Uh, you know, every plane that seemed to land in Miami seemed to have more. Besides the ones that came from California, seemed to have more Chiefs fans getting off than anyone else then i mean we're talking about going to south florida there's people going on cruises there's people going on vacation but yet it seemed like every flight that every guy was on we hear was basically packed with chiefs was that your experience there and then talk about just the lead up to the game because you got there a few days ahead of time exactly so uh we, we came in wednesday night Damon and uh lisa and i and and the crowd on the plane was obviously uh, all decked out in chiefs gear but but also uh, you know, sometimes you can wear the gear but not be as enthusiastic a fan as, as the others. But when we landed that plane, the stewardess, the flight attendant, I shouldn't say stewardess, flight attendant, started saying, now you guys going to get after it. And let's hear about that cheese chop. And, and the whole plane got together and started going, oh, oh, oh. Oh, nice. And, and so when we stepped off that plane, uh, most of those people were, were ready for a football game. It was it was, as you say, amazing. And also, Dan, how about, you know, during the course of the week down there, walking in and out of places, uh, the restaurants and, and shops and different things, there were a lot of people in cheesecake. Oh, yeah. It was all over town. It was a lot of red and gold all around town. Uh, I was I was not shocked, but I was amazed. I guess, I mean, amazed keeps coming to my mind for just about everything about this experience. And, you know, uh, I think that they were ready for it because we've got incrementally better since Andy's been here. Yeah. And, of course, in the last three years, uh, you know, with, with Patrick, it's, it's, it's uh, stepped it up even further. Um, last year, we felt as if we got a raw deal with the Patriots, and I don't know if we did or we didn't. But this year, uh, we were ready to go. I mean, everyone was said, hey, we knocked at the door, and now we're going to kick it down. And, and uh, of course, that's what happened. That's made it all the more fun. Hey, Fuzz, now you were a part of IMG for many years, representing a lot of the, the superstars in the football world and being around a lot of the superstars in every other sports uh-huh. arena. You've represented guys that have been to Super Bowls, won Super Bowls, have been MVPs. Uh, mm-hmm. what's, 
what was different outside of you being connected to the Chiefs and Chiefs Kingdom? What was different about their experiences uh, that maybe you saw differently with this experience with the Chiefs? Well, you know, it, it's it's sad you say that, Danny, because my former partner Tom Condon from uh, CAA and CAA, CAA and yep. AMG, uh, uh, both uh, both of those groups, uh, was down there. We stayed at his place, and it was it was a little bit of irony because Tom re- represents the Bosa boys. Mm. Both, ah. uh, so so you have you have one that's a superstar for the 49ers and one that's a superstar for the San Diego not San Diego Chargers, LA Chargers, and so. There's a party uh, Mrs. Bosa had for the, for the uh, two boys, and of course Tom and his wife Bowen attended. And so he was. He said, "I got to go to this." I said, "Well, if I were you, I'd go to it too." Uh, and so he was getting a lot of information out of the uh, 49ers, and how they were very confident that they could uh, handle the Chiefs, and rightly so. I mean, we had four losses; they had three losses, and we were a beatable team. Was yeah. for sure. It's just a matter of which team shows up that, that Sunday. And unfortunately, uh, uh, you know, we we uh, uh, showed up on that Sunday, and uh, and really, I mean, you know, like the last three games, it was amazing. You know, down twenty four, and then down down again, and then down again, and every time answering the bell, like a like a really good prize fighter coming back and knocking the other team out. It was uh, it was uh, a beauty to see. So, so, would you say that this was the closest thing? that you've ever felt to actually being out there on the football field? Yes, I would say that. Yeah. And the only reason I would say that is because we have such a, a good group, our, our ambassadors, and we uh, we do a lot of events with the uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs and their, their current players also, uh, and a lot of the staff uh, we're, we're very close to. And so, you know, you feel as if you have skin in the game, you feel as if uh, you're part of this thing, you know, probably like a team position, you know, a doctor or a trainer or, or a scout or something. You feel as if you, you've watched these guys the entire year and you, you watched them mature. And, and some guys started out slow and then, and then picked up the steam towards the end of the year. I think that, you know, Frank Clark has been an instrumental part of this team. And he, has, he was injured and he was hurting during the first part of the season and got better and better and better and was just phenomenal down the stretch. And so, same with Honey Badger, our safety. What a, what a team leader. I mean, these are both guys that have only been with the franchise for a year. And they were really, really important parts of the defense. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Offensively, then you look at the offense and you have to think, wow, how about those wide receivers we have? How about this Nicole? I mean, I mean it, it was amazing how he, how he just picked things up so quickly. And, uh, of course, you know, I, I think we have the best tight end in the business, the best quarterback in the business, and, you know, Williams, I don't know if he can play any better than me ever again. Yeah, right. <laughs> he was phenomenal. Well, I mean, yeah, they were a complete team, and, and I think some people said that the 49ers were a more complete team. I'm not sure how you can come up with that when you lean so heavily on the run game and you take so much. The most important position in sports is the quarterback, and you've basically designed a game plan to take the ball out of his hands so that he doesn't make the mistakes. I mean, he threw for 77 yards in the NFC Championship, and the whole game plan going into the game was to establish the run so he didn't have to match wits and and, and exploits with Patrick Mahomes. So mm-hmm. to say that they were a more complete team, a better team, I thought that was uh, false from the beginning. We've watched this team 
uh, obviously evolve and get better every single week. And yeah. you know you've been in that locker room. It's not about how good you are from week one. Right. It's about how much better you get during the season. And yeah. if you can catch that hot streak, that's how magic happens. And if you can deal with adversity. Yep. I mean, you have to say that Titans game, you're down 24 nothing, And I can't, I can't tell you, I was, I, was, I was stunned at the same time. All of those guys sticking together and fighting, fighting, fighting back. And then you do it again the next game, and then all of a sudden you're in the Super Bowl. And you know what? It's, it's not that big a deal to you. You've done mm-hmm. them out twice in a row. You're going to do it again. And I think that that confidence uh, comes from the entire season and going through ups and downs. You know, we lost four games, too. I mean, yeah. it wasn't, wasn't an undefeated season by any stretch of the imagination, but I have, to, I have to think that they got better each and every game as the season went along. And I think one of the, one of the key moments, uh, if you remember, we went to uh, New England, and, and we beat them up. Yeah. And uh, and last year that wasn't the case. And so I thought after that game, you know, and now we're the number two seed, this is going to be a, this is going to end the way we want it to end. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, Fuzz, I know the experience was uh, immeasurable to you, uh, to your wife Lisa. You got we were all sitting. Mm-hmm. Kelly Goodburn, all of us sitting right in the same section, going through the same bevy of emotions. And uh, how how great is it that we got a chance to witness it? Things that we could not accomplish on the field ourselves mm-hmm. that this Chiefs team was able to do for the Hunt family and for the Chiefs kingdom. So it was amazing all around, Fuzz, and I know you will relish it just like I would, man. And we really appreciate you coming on, taking some time away, and, and just chatting about your experience and from your perspective, bro. Absolutely. Thank you for being on. Well, I, I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, Damon, you're, you're a good friend and, and a great ambassador for the Chiefs and for Kansas City. I, I, I really respect you a lot. I'm glad you had me. You have a great evening, guys. Thanks a lot, Thank man. You. Appreciate you. All right, when we come back, we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of Joe's game day, game day experience. And uh, I know he talked about his wife allowing him to watch it, but I want to hear about the the realness of him sitting on the couch or standing up or screaming or whatever. And uh, I want to get his perspective as well when we get back after halftime. Welcome back to the third quarter of the Players Only Show. This is Joe Mays speaking. Hey, let's go to the text line. I see everybody still sending some text messages in tonight, and I appreciate you still being involved in. Uh, let's go to my man at, or man or woman at 785. I was sad that you guys missed last week. What an amazing postseason, baby. I told you that the Texans would go down like a special woman on Dollar Day. <laughs> and I, I made I made sure I say a special woman this time because this is my good friend that, that, that was from a previous show. This Super Bowl was a fine example of never give up. Joe and Dana, I love the way you guys played and wish we could give you a ring. Oh, man, we appreciate that. We appreciate that. Yeah, we'll appreciate take it. You. We'll yeah, take a ring. Absolutely, absolutely. You, we appreciate if you're you. purchasing it. Hey, man, look. Uh, yes, <laughs> I would most definitely. I would, yeah, I would appreciate that if you if you go ahead and buy us one. Yeah, sure. From the eight one six. Thanks for having Ken on the radio. Thanks to Ken and Lisa for for coming on the radio. And uh, he's the most humble dude that you will ever ever talk to. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he he kind of brushed across the fact that he worked with Tom Condon. They were ba- they were basically partners in crime. And yeah. and they you know the Manning brothers, the Bozes. They're talking about you're talking about every superstar. Just about every superstar in the NFL, probably in the last 20 years plus, yeah. those guys had their hands involved in at some point. So uh, to have him on 
uh, was a special, special opportunity, and we really appreciate him jumping on. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a time where he, he just get a chance to sit down and talk football and how he really feel instead of, you know, uh, focusing on the player and the contracts and all yeah. of those different things. So I'm sure he appreciated that. Um, man, this game, though, just sitting at home watching the game. I know it was, you know, special with you being at the stadium. But yeah. sitting at home, I mean, it was – I think it might have been equally amazing. You know, just, you know, seeing from the beginning the – the uh, you know seeing the rock do the introductions, I thought that was pretty amazing, right oh, there. Oh man, that was insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I could feel I could feel that heart beating a little bit yep. just to hear him speak, um, and and you know just going through the game. I mean, it was it was close. We all knew it was going to be close. I I I definitely knew it was going to be close. It wasn't going to be a cakewalk. It wasn't going to be a game where you know the Chiefs were going to come out and blow this team out. It was going to be close, you know, down to the wire, and that's what it that's what it ended up being. You know they've. I think it sent every single you know fan through every single emotion you could possibly go through: being happy, being sad, being mad, being anxious, not sure what to, not sure what to think, um, and and just being you know super excited and proud of your team at the end of the game. But you know, I I can say this for sure: you know, just watching the game, you kind of you can kind of get a feel for the way that the momentum was going. You know, it was always that back and forth thing where. You know, the Chiefs, they would do something, and, and the 49ers, they would return the favor, or the 49ers would come out, jump out, make a couple big plays, and it just forced the Chiefs to play a much bigger, much better, much more efficient game. I mean, of course they made mistakes. You know, Mahomes threw a couple of threw a couple of picks, um, you know, but that's okay because they yeah. were still able to come back and, and, and dominate and, and be consistent and, and make plays when it, when it came time to. Uh, so, you know, especially at that 11-minute mark, mark in the fourth quarter, when you know Mahomes threw the pick to the linebacker, I was just thinking to myself, okay, the 49ers may have the game. Yeah, I think at that point it's just being realistic and mm-hmm. and 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 just seeing the game for what it was. They had they had the game at that point, and from that 11 mark and to to the, seven you know, bring the clock down to like six seven minutes and still have the same 10 point lead. Okay, well you know the Chiefs are still in it, but then again the the, the 49ers if they do if they make just one play. They can the game. The game will be totally different. Oh yeah. So it, I think it would. It was a little bit of, you know, I felt the 49ers gave the game away, mm-hmm. and, and and you know because they had it clear as day. They had it right in their hands, and the Chiefs being opportunistic. Yeah. You know, taking taking advantage of the opportunities. You know, when they had the ball, being able to score when they were on defense. The defense stepping up and truly balling and getting the offense back the ball when they really needed it to, so they could put the points on the board. And I think people will give. Us flack because we say the 49ers gave the game away. Oh, but they gave the game away in that moment they because did. you consider how that everything unfolded the final seven and a half minutes. You're down by 10. You don't get a turnover. Mm-hmm. You score three touchdowns. You don't use your timeouts. So you didn't really have to do anything special. No. To get the job done, when all, like you said, what well, what you're saying is all they had to do was get a first down, drains the more clock, do what they do best, which do, is run, run the, the ball, drain the clock. Yeah. So, but they made the mistake, like the Lions, like the Raiders earlier this year, like the Ravens when they came to Arrowhead. Yep. They made the mistake of at some point during the game trying not to lose instead of trying to win. And the one thing I can say about this Chiefs team is every single week they've tried to win the game. Yes. The only game I think that they were trying to not lose was the first Tennessee Titans game. Mm-hmm. 
when they had Patrick Mahomes roll out to the short side of the field on third and three or third and two, and if we get that first down, the game's over, just seemed like they were trying to go for the safe route, kick the field goal, and then everything backfired from there. But other than that, that's kind of been the pulse of this team. And yeah. and I think what was exposed by the 49ers is that if you you have the person, a person at the most important position in sports that you don't trust to do his thing mm-hmm. in crunch time, you probably aren't going to win the game. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, credit to our defense, too, because they got a couple of good licks on them. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they were batting the ball down as well. So Chris they Jones? Kinda, yeah. So they, they kind of rattled him a little bit. Yeah. You know, especially when Neiman came through right through the middle and stuck his helmet right in his chest. Go Hawkeyes. He guys. felt that. Yep. He felt that. Oh, hit. yeah, he felt it. Yeah, so when you're when you're sitting back there in that pocket, knowing knowing that you just got hit in that way, mm-hmm. I mean those guys are coming. You yep. know they're coming. So and and, and this is the, the most important part of the game. I mean, like we always talk about, you know, especially in the in, in the locker room, pressure butts butts pipes. Pipes, yep, that's right. Pressure is gonna it's gonna it's gonna either bring you know just bring the man out of you, or or it's gonna it's gonna make you clam up a little bit. And well, we, you know you kind of you kind of hoping that you you able to do that to the opponent. And at that situation, and at that time in the game, the Chiefs had his card. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so we got the 816 texting. Andy locked in his Hall of Fame. I think it was already locked in beforehand. How close is Kelsey after this season? Kelsey, to me, is pretty much a lock. You win a Super Bowl. You uh, have, what, four straight seasons of over 1,000 yards. Yeah. You have the character, uh, the persona that he has. The you know that kind of the yeah, swag. Yeah, a lot of swag to the position. You know sure. he he's like you know he's like the version of Dion. He's like yeah. this this kind of version of Dion Sanders uh, with a Super Bowl now. So unless something goes downhill severely, yeah, over the next few years, um, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. You yeah, know, yeah. And speaking of Kelsey, we we're going to take it to another nine one three number. They had a question if we had any issues uh, with how the guys celebrated during the parade. I loved it, but people are upset saying it was a bad example and disrespectful. Look, <laughs> I think we opened the show up by saying, "I just we just won a Super Bowl. Yeah. You can't tell me nothing for a week. Yeah. I think in this situation, when it comes to, the, to those guys, they just won a Super Bowl. It's super hard to win a game in the NFL, let alone win enough to make it to the Super Bowl and then win it. There's nothing you can tell them. So as far as you thinking that it's a bad example or disrespectful. These are these guys. They able to really say how they feel and, yeah. and, and celebrate how they want to celebrate. They just want it all. And here's the thing: for all those people that you know got themselves in some kind of emotional breakdown or or you know above uh, having fun, things don't get real until you get personal. You got a bunch of twenty-something-year-old guys that have spent most of their life trying to get to a point to achieve their highest goal. They got that done to in a city and for a team that had not gotten it done for 50 years. I don't know what you was expecting at the parade. I don't know if you were expecting a bunch of 20-something-year-olds, like when you were 20-something, to go out there and talk like a 54-year-old Clark Hunt or a 60-plus-year-old Andy Reid, but they're 20-something-year-old guys with a lot of money that got a chance to achieve their dream and did it. So if you went, if you didn't have that kind of conversation with your kids or people you were going to the parade with that, hey, you might hear something different, especially with just a few years ago that yeah. you heard it at the Royals parade, uh-huh. that's your fault. 
Sorry, that is your fault. These are your chiefs and that get you're over cheering it. for. Exactly. Get over it. You get you get the politically correct PG versions every single day during Super Bowl week and pregame, postgame interviews where guys are cleaning things up. Yep. They got a chance to celebrate in front of millions of people and millions more watching on TV. Not a bad example, not disrespectful. That was just the real kids coming out. These are your Beat Chiefs players. These are the Chiefs players you yeah. guys are rooting for each and every week. So allow them to be them. Exactly. Finally getting a chance to be who they are. Third quarter's over. The fourth quarter, final quarter of players only for this 2019-2020 Super Bowl winning run. We're going to come back after this break for it. Welcome to the fourth quarter of the last Players Only show. Yes, sir. How you feel about that? Man, it, it, you know what? I've loved this season. Yeah. Uh, I want to give out a shout-out to my man, Sean Barber. Uh, <laughs> Barbershop. Barbershop could not be on with us this year. Yeah. But he was uh, uh, an integral force in getting set up and uh, where we are today. So we can't leave him out. Uh, he got a chance to do, to be a part of a great run with the Chiefs and doing their media stuff, pregame and postgame shows with uh, BJ Kissel and those guys. Yeah. And um, I'm sure he's going to get a ring. And I got no hate for him on no, that. No, zero. You know, it, was, yeah. it was a role that I handled for a few years, and he took it to the next level. So props to him. Absolutely. Let's hit these texts a little bit. I'm looking at a text from 816. I love the parade and seeing them be kids and have fun and spend it with the crowd instead of being above the people. They became a part of the people. See, that that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, you don't look at it as them being disrespectful or them doing things that you quote unquote wouldn't necessarily do yourself. I mean, these these are these are they're, they're people, they're human. Yeah, exactly. Allow, allow them to be excited. Allow and, them to be human and just enjoy it. And I and I'll I i you know, I can get off on a whole nother tangent yeah, that we yeah, have yeah. these expectations for twenty year old, twenty plus year old athletes that we don't have for our politicians or leaders, but that's a whole nother show. <laughs> we want them to be more clean than anybody else that we see on TV, but that's a whole different angle. Uh, we got the seven eight five is Damon Williams, our Reggie Jackson in the postseason, or what? It remains to be seen. Kevin from Salina, he's he's texted a couple of times, and it remains to be seen. I mean, Reggie, Mr. October, I'm a baseball guy, so uh, Damian Williams did an outstanding job with his opportunity. We'll see how if he can back it up next year uh, and, and for the rest of his, his career. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he tied for the lead in history of the NFL with 11 touchdowns in the postseason. I, mean, I think I might have seen that somewhere. Oh, and and I think it might have it. I think it may it may it might have been uh, Marshall Falk, if I'm not mistaken. That'd be that'd be something special. So yeah, that could answer the question. He could yeah. be our Reggie Jackson. I think so. so. He's he solidified yeah. himself by by playing the way he played in the postseason. Uh, from the six two zero, can you guys do a once a month show until next year? Love you guys. Love your show. Love this team. Thanks, Andrew. We appreciate it. We're gonna have to run that by. Hey, Spec, uh, come on. Speck. Come on, make Spec. it happen. Have your people call out people, Steve Inspector, and get it done. <laughs> so, all right, we're so, the champions. Yeah, we're the champions. And you know, Joe went through his breakdown yeah. of, of his game day experience. I was uh, very fortunate to be in the stadium, uh, partially as a fan, partially as a media uh, media coverage pregame, postgame show I did for KCTV five, and um, this game 
was uh, the uh, you know first before I get to that the game the origin of this show uh, came to me and was compiled with Joe and and Barbershop when everything was going on off the field with Colin Kaepernick a lot of racism and so on and mm-hmm. I thought you know what there should be a forum that just had athletes that just chopped it up like we would talk in the locker room. We covered some controversial topics over this season, um, but we covered them from a perspective of an athlete. Not Mm -hmm. saying that we were right, not saying that other people were wrong. It was just different perspectives. Uh, I'm active on social media with people. Like I said, I go after people I know on social media because I know them, and I think they should know better Mm -hmm. in some ways, and they should at least – at the end, we can agree to disagree, but you heard a different perspective. Exactly, and and that was the genesis of this show. So, uh, Stephen Spector saw the vision and allowed us to come on for for one and a half seasons now, and uh, it's been a true, true blessing. And I'm glad to see a lot of the people that have been steady listeners that uh, listen every single week. Uh, either I even got family back home in New Jersey that got the Radio.com app and and uh, come in and, and listen to the show, and I post it on all social media as well. As far as this experience, it was surreal to me. Uh, I will try to do my best to keep myself together because, uh, as you guys have heard me say at different venues, uh, I've been around here for 26-plus years, and uh, I was part of teams that had a lot of highlights, but I've, I've been some misery to a lot of Chiefs fans and, and some of those teams as well. And knowing how this city – and uh, the organization has embraced myself still, a seventh-round pick. We had Fuzzy on before. He was a seventh-round pick. Joe, you were a late-round pick. pick. Yep. Blue-collar dudes that gave everything on the field that we possibly could to not only just be on the team, but to provide a winning experience for the most part to the fans. And then being able to transition out of football and in the community, in business, in business endeavors, and be embraced like I still wore the jersey. Um, That is different than any other place that I know of around the country. And to have kids grow up, have parents that trust their kids with me to teach them, to coach them in baseball and football and workouts for, for the last 20 years since I've been done playing football, and all of it, I never take for granted, but all of it, I believe, uh, is because I wore number 83 and because my name is Danon, who at actually when I was younger, I used to hate because nobody could pronounce it. But mm. I realize now that it sticks out and yep. people can remember the name Danon because it's a weird name. And, and now being a part of uh, a time when this Chiefs kingdom that has embraced us in every fashion, uh, the Chiefs ambassadors, uh, my family, my kids, opportunities that they got because they were my kids uh, and we were able to be a part of something to give back to them is immeasurable. It's been an emotional up, uh, emotional roller coaster for me. The pregame, the game, there's tears, there's everything that was coming out. Uh, and um, it was just a special, special time. So on behalf of my family, on behalf of Joe, Shabarbershop, uh, we want to thank Julio Sanchez, who's been our boss basically Julio. for the last year and a half, coaching us up. We didn't know what we were doing. We just knew that we wanted to do something on the air, and he coached us up every single week. Steven Spector, the program director, barbershop, and we are the new home of the Super Bowl champs, Chiefs. Remember, next year, 
The road, the the sound, the interviews is all here at Intercom with 610 Sports and everything here out of this building. We're taking over, and we appreciate everybody that's been riding along with us. God bless you all, players only. We hope we'll be back in 2020 season for another Super Bowl run. Absolutely. With Joe and I at players only. Thank you all so much. So much. Thank you. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. This is Players Only. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.